Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Hello, and welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, although like any self-respecting fetishist, I go by many names. You may know me as Puddles the Pup, the Muckle Stoter, or Dumbum the Clown, and that is exactly what I want to talk about today. For the vast majority of my life, I've been convinced I'm the weirdest person in the world, and that has nothing to do with my sense of style or taste in movies, but the fact that I get turned on by clowns. This week, the circus is at my house here in sunny old England, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. And while I take the time to lay out what I want this podcast to be, we all have embarrassing stories, especially when it comes to sex. Everyone's got some funny, weird, bizarre experiences to share, and that's just the nature of it. Sex is embarrassing. Come on. So in this podcast, I'm going to be asking my guests to share an embarrassing experience to start, whether that's a story or even just describing a weird kink of their own. And today, I'm all alone. So in a minute, I'm going to be brave and go first. But the whole point here is to help show people that these aren't just parts of ourselves not to be ashamed of, but actually some of the coolest, most interesting, unique, and wonderful parts that deserve to be honoured and enjoyed. Our time on this earth is far too fleeting not to indulge ourselves in desires that are no weirder than anyone else's just because they're not as well known. So I intend to access the world of niche paraphilias through the travelling circus that is this podcast. Maybe you like balloons, maybe you're a furry, maybe you're a pup or an ABDL who's got this one oddball kink they think no one else has. Trust me, people have it. I fuck clowns for fuck's sake. Maybe you're a donkey boy. Maybe you're just really into orcs. Maybe, like me, you were exclusively a pillow humper until the age of 17 and embarrassed about it because we're only shown one way to masturbate. Or maybe you just want to learn more about kinks you might not have heard of before. Or maybe you even feel ostracized within the world of kink, like I did for so long. And listen, if the weirdos make you feel weird... Fuck them. Literally. 
they will like it. We've got a lot of topics to cover. I may even discuss why banks feel they have a moral responsibility to limit the reach of sex workers, yet not one to stop any form of systematic corruption or illegalities they financially benefit from. But that's a story for another time. We're also going to go to some dark places on this podcast. There are things that need to be discussed more, quite frankly, especially when it comes to queer history. And since this is all about sharing experiences, some of them may be as difficult to hear as they will be to talk about. Which is why I'm referring to everything as a big old three-ring circus. These stories need to be treated with respect, but they also need room to breathe. When dealing with a heavy or serious topic, I like to inject levity into the surrounding conversation where I can to help cushion the blows and just keep the space safe. If using humor to discuss a serious issue or otherwise discussions around kink and fetish and sex education make you uncomfortable, then this podcast will not be for you. And I recommend you fuck off. A quick disclaimer, I am not an expert or a mental health professional. I studied theatre, I am barely a professional. Each week, The Big Talk will move to a different topic covered by a co-host in the kink community who's willing to share their experiences. As I said, we are not professionals, we are simply two civilians chatting about the pros and cons surrounding issues in our communities and our society, as one word after five pints down the pub. The space is safe, my guests and I are not here to edit our feelings or convey them in any certain way, and nothing gets aired that we don't want shared. And yes, I came up with that. Of course, to that end, I will always try to note facts where I can and reference people who may actually know what they're talking about if we do get into something heavy. But unfortunately, I am human, even though I'm a clown. (laughs) So mistakes are going to be made, and I will always do my best to correct them. But this is a place to make mistakes. This is a place for mistakes. In a way, we're all mistakes. No one's here on purpose. I'm a walking mistake. I suppose what I'm saying is that what we will talk about is sometimes uncomfortable to listen to. We are talking about real people's real experiences, and there isn't always a right way to do that. So bear with me as we muddle through. Most importantly, we are not here to be perfect. So let's start with a brief story time. My journey into kink is one fraught with self-consciousness and insecurity. I was for so long mired in the muck of thinking there was no one else like me on earth. It didn't matter that I had made some online clown kinkster friends, I still felt completely alone. And since I was training to be an actor, I decided that this entire part of my life was one that I just had to hide forever. I bifurcated my entire existence into my real life and my clown life, when the uncontrollable urge to get off to pictures of circus clowns and talk to like-minded weirdos would take over me. Sex was something I felt I had to do to be quote-unquote normal, and I found that anal stimulation was a sufficient get-around to feigning arousal. So that's basically how I had sex. And this meant that I only engaged in vanilla relationships, which was another thing I thought I had to do. No one had ever expressed that, you know, maybe a relationship could look like whatever I wanted it to. So this persisted until only a year ago, when I finally came out to my partner of about five years at this point. Let's bear in mind that I've since developed a whole host of new kinks and seem to pick up weird fetishes like gum on my shoe. 
everywhere I go, every experience I have, I always seem to end up being surprisingly turned on by way more things than I ever thought I could. My inner child always gets so jealous at my newfound fluidity when it comes to kinks, but I think the road to self-acceptance is not one we pave with stone. What I mean is rejecting my kinks was making me deeply unhappy, and only by embracing and enjoying them did I start enjoying other people's kinks as well. But this meant I had an arsenal of fetishes to slowly approach my partner with. Uh, so I decided to start with pup play because pups are visible. They are around. If you have spent any time at a pride parade, you've seen the puppies. It's, I think, one of the most well-recognized and therefore accepted fetishes. And so I introduced this into the bedroom uh thinking this, you know, maybe this will spice things up, maybe, you know, it'll slowly be a stepping stone to me finally admitting what I'm into and 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 hopefully uh he's not going to leave. I wasn't even worried actually that he would leave me. I or or necessarily judge me. I just worried that the knowledge would be out there that he would I, I don't know, think it's strange enough that he had to tell someone this thing that only I knew would then somehow like be able to haunt me in the world. I I don't really know what I was so afraid of because obviously what I was afraid of is not real, but uh I I was I was t- so terrified I I could not bring myself to just come out and tell him. So I started with pup play and he really hated that. He you know thought that the I and I wasn't into the headspace element at the time. That took a while uh, for me to really get putt play, but he gave it a go and didn't really like it and couldn't really get his head around it. Um, so I thought, "Fuck, that's I, 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 I'm doomed. There's, there's no way we're graduating to clowns here." Uh, and at this point, ABDL had become a big feature in my life, so. I was still qu- quite embarrassed about that one. I didn't think it was as weird as clowns. I was more worried with the negative associations that people might have or just it just seemed a bit like odd. I didn't I didn't think he'd he'd be into it, but eventually I sort of broached it. And by the way, like I'm I'm doing a pretty good job of hiding my actual kink, but not of the fact that I have one. He's at this point very aware that I'm just struggling to tell him and is being very patient. So I, I broach the ABDL conversation and he's like, Oh yeah, cool. Okay. I can see that. And I'm thinking, Oh really? Okay then. And we gave that a go. And that's actually been one that has eh, stuck around. He, is perfectly happy to play uh, the, the, a caregiver role or, you know, uh, infantilize me, be daddy, that kind of thing. Um, it's it's the nappies themselves. It's the wetting, that sort of thing that he just has bad associations with. And that's fair enough. So I'm thinking now, okay, well, pup play was kind of a bust, but ABDL, ABDL seemed to be something that he was open to. So I thought, okay. Now I just need to 
go the extra mile. And I was kind of hoping he would somehow find out and then I wouldn't have to tell him about the clowns. But actually he kind of did, but he was respectful enough to wait until I was ready to uh, come out and say it, which is very annoying. Um, And it really was just pushing myself off a mental ledge to say the words out loud. And immediately he goes, oh yeah, sure, no, that, that's that's not weird. We can do that anytime. The pup, the pup stuff, that was weird. And I just... I think he had figured it out already and, and was ready to, to really support me. But that kind of blew my mind that he didn't... He didn't think <laughs> me wanting to dress as a clown and uh, goof around while we did stuff was as weird as being a pup. But hey... um. Suffice it to say, my boyfriend and I are still together, and uh, he is the most vanilla person I think I've ever met, and despite me picking kinks up at an alarming rate, that hasn't changed for him. So um, it's it's interesting to have the kind of relationship that we have. I'm very lucky, and I honestly think it this stage of my life, what I've learned about myself is that if I wasn't in this relationship, I don't think I'd ever want to be in another one. I'm just sort of did what other people did. And that's sort of how we're taught relationships are supposed to work. They're supposed to be two of you and you're supposed to be exclusive. And there's supposed to be this um, attraction that transcends, you know, uh, an emotional feeling or, 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 or whatever. Um, and I just don't think any of that is really true for me. And I'm much more invested in in deep friendships. And that is essentially the relationship we've built and then just built parameters around that that we've decided work for us. And one of those parameters is opening our relationship, which was a long conversation that we had. And we really had to make sure that we were very, you know, in a very good place before doing that. So it wasn't like we were sort of outsourcing our, our needs and it was actually my partner who suggested it, who, for context, is one of the most straight-laced, uh, by-the-book, by-the-numbers person I've ever met in my entire life. And he just wanted me to be happy and, you know, was very aware that he wasn't going to be able to fulfill all of these desires and encouraged me, first of all, to make friends. He was like, you've never gone out and actually, you've never been to an event, bearing in mind clown events are uh let's say non-existent at, at the moment um which is surprising considering how fucking many of us there suddenly seem to be um but also I've, I've i've never been to any kind of general kink event i've never done anything with anyone that you know i didn't consider sort of uh i mean i'd played around with other kinds of kinks but i I'd never admitted any of my more embarrassing ones. And so I'd never met up with anyone who shared my desires. And my boyfriend was very insistent that I finally go and do that and get over that fear of this this knowledge being out there, being in other people's heads. Um, and I guess that brings it back to this irrational fear that I had, which was that somehow I was going to get blackmailed, which actually kind of happened to a friend of mine. He... Uh, he, his his partner at the time found his clown stuff and showed it to their friends. 
And that was honestly the worst thing I could imagine happening to me, that somebody would expose this part of me and I would be embarrassed, which I think says a lot about how, you know, well I'm doing if those are my problems. I am aware that being embarrassed is, or, or I guess like publicly humiliated, I don't know, or blackmailed. It's not it's not the worst thing that could happen because it's not the end of the world. And that's exactly what he said. Years later, he said, uh, I'm actually still friends with that ex of mine and no one really cared. It wasn't, it's sort of interesting, but no one really cares. Everyone's too busy with their own bullshit. And that's just that. And it's completely true. Never, never mind the fact that it would absolutely reflect far worse on the person who exposed that or tried to get something out of it than it would me. So that's what I did. I went out, I made friends, I made good friends. I also started to experiment with some of these things I'd never done before and always wanted to do. And it just changed everything. I It just made me so much happier. And meeting people who were like me, I mean, that was just... It was crazy. I really never thought... It sounds cliche. I I just really never thought I could have it all. And um, realizing that I I could, I just needed to go and get it and make it work for me. It was quite life-changing. And I've had several life-changing experiences after that. Our relationship slowly started to open. And that was really just a back-and-forth conversation of what we each considered sex and what we were each comfortable with and is it okay if I do this with this person or um, it's all communication, not just relationships, but I mean, that's, that's how play works. That's how kink works. That's how consent works. And the more of these conversations I was having, the more the world of kink opened up to me and I wanted to try things I never tried before. And slowly I got bolder and braver and, Eventually, I went to my first event, which was the most life-changing. So I did something very foolish. I decided impulsively to go to Folsom Berlin, despite the fact that this was the middle of COVID and I'm not amazing with crowds. Um, And even more stupid, I booked my flights to go to Berlin for what I thought was the week of Folsom. And, And it was just not Folsom Berlin, but Folsom San Francisco. So I came to Berlin at the absolute wrong time. Um, And it just so happened I was lucky enough to be talking to someone on Instagram who was attending an ABDL weekend at a very cool place called Quellgeist, um, which essentially translates to Tormentor. It's like a BDSM club um, running events all the time. And they have themed nights and weekends and that kind of thing. So I was just lucky enough to be there at the ABDL weekend, and I thought, that's perfect. I'll go to that instead, since I'm now in Berlin. And it was very, very small because of COVID, and there were a lot of restrictions in Germany at the time. So it was very difficult to even get a ticket. I only managed to get one for the Saturday, and I arrived late on the Friday night. And not realizing that things don't really close in Germany in the same way. Um, I, I assumed I wouldn't be able to go on the Friday. And when I arrived, I just decided to to call ahead and, and show up. And that was fine for me to do because I was by myself. And 
walking to the venue by myself at 11 at night or, or, or 10 or whatever, so, so nervous. These butterflies in my stomach. And I just kept thinking, I could just turn around. Yeah, I could just go get some sleep. I mean, it's late. There's no point. I'll go tomorrow and and and, and I'll meet people. And with every step forward I took, I just knew that this nervousness, this anxiety, this it's it it's excitement. It's I could just tell that if I did, I would regret not going. And there was no way I was gonna regret going. So I go. And I actually almost turned around because I couldn't find the door when I got there. It's kind of hidden. And I started walking away and then saw uh, someone else I, I'd recognized from Instagram leaning out the window. I thought, oh, there's a big baby. Cool. I'm in the right place. And I found the door and I went inside. And I'm sure as most people who attend these sorts of things can relate to, uh, the first hour was just very awkward standing around. And especially because it was COVID, very few people there, hardly anyone speaking English. So I was... And I didn't want to be the one guy making everyone speak English. So I was furiously trying to brush up on my German in the moment and inject myself awkwardly into conversation. And within a couple hours, my mind was absolutely blown. And that was the that weekend was the first time I ever tried impact play, something I never thought I'd be into and now I absolutely love. In fact, that place did so much for me that I have gone back several times and I now frequent it as a member. I absolutely love that place. And I think it's a really, really good one for new people because it's all volunteer run and it's it's very much entrenched in the Berlin kink community. Um, of course, you don't have to go to another country to go to an event. I am from London, so that's a bit bizarre that I chose to do that, but that's what I did. I hadn't really made... Uh, connections in London with people who were attending events. So I kind of just thrust myself into this one and it changed my life. I came back, realized that I hated my job um, and that that whole world that I had been sort of tentatively working in and, and being like an out of work actor and all that kind of jazz, I realized that was just something that I did because I wasn't passionate about anything else. I was good at it and I enjoyed it and that was it. But I never tried very hard at it. And all of a sudden I realized there was something that I cared about, that I was passionate about, that I wanted to try hard at. And that was kink. It was people like me in this community, like connecting and being themselves with each other and making that okay. And I didn't know how I wanted to turn that into a job, but I just I just knew that I did. And I knew I never would if I uh, didn't quit my day job immediately. So I quit my day job immediately. Obviously, I'm also a fetish artist as the Muckle Stoter, but I'd only really started doing digital art a little beforehand. And I started taking on kinky commissions, somehow not realizing that I could have been doing this all along as a great way to express my kinks. But anyway, I finally started drawing things I actually wanted to draw that were hot to me, that were kinky, that were really cool. And people started commissioning me to draw their fantasies. And that was great, but not enough to 
survive on. So I was looking for a day job. I was looking for something that I, some way that I could actually serve the community. You know, I looked at other kink orientated companies. I looked at ABDL brands, but I just felt like packing diapers in a warehouse wasn't enough for me. And then I came across Playtime. And I work for Playtime. I mean, obviously, that's how I got this gig. Uh, This is produced by Playtime Studios. Uh, But I work for Playtime because of the focus on community, which really resonated with me uh, and still does. Community is what matters. People matter. And I think for me, there's more to being an artist than profiting. There's there's more to being an artist to me than just producing content. Let's call it that. I hate that word. But I actually want to be supporting others, others like me, who felt like the weirdest person in the world and didn't even realize that they could turn that into something. I want my output to be promoting self-acceptance. I finally stopped living for other people and my life is so much better for it. And that's why I wanted to start this podcast. This isn't a tour of kinks. The episodes aren't themed around kinks themselves. I'm more interested in people's experiences and how they can help us to better understand and accept ourselves. Okay, I do want to tell the story, so I don't know where this is going to go. But let's get comfortable about how weird sex is. Can we do that? Can we do that for a minute? Sex is, it's awkward and hilarious. I I cannot stand porn of any kind, no matter how kinky, in which people are taking themselves seriously. Like, while doing the most ridiculous thing, right? The pouting, grimacing, swearing, it just makes me laugh. Just that, like, oh, yeah, like, it's, it's so stupid. What? Like, why aren't you laughing? I Like, I don't want to have sex if, if, if laughter and humor is not involved. And to each their own, but I just, I... Sex is absurd. And trying to pass it off... This idea that, like, sexy is, like, sensual and slow and it's physical and exhausting and exertive and all of these things are supposed to be sexy and physical prowess is supposed to be sexy. And these are just things that I think are ridiculous. It's like, it all to me reads as, as, as like a perfume ad, you know, like perfume ads are insane because how do you describe a smell through a visual medium? You can't. So they're just these bizarre abstract bits of nonsense. And that's what most porn feels like to me. Or I've had experiences where I just I've I've started laughing or I've just had to stop because the other person involved is like trying to be <laughs> sensual and uh I am sort of gyrating in a in a in a strange way right now. Um that I I I can't quite use words to describe what I mean, but I, I think there's definitely a sense of uh it makes me think of belly dancers, you know, like sensually trying to move as if that's seductive. And I, I, I just I just can't with that. I want honking horns, big red noses, laughter, sadism, hilarity, jokes, props, uh, puns. Um, there's so many fun and silly things you can do. There's so many things you can involve in the bedroom. I mean, even if you're having vanilla sex, like, 
you're putting things in weird places. It's absurd. Laugh a little. Relax. Stop biting your lip and squinting at me like you didn't just slip a thumb up my ass. <laughs> like, let's just get comfortable with how weird sex is. It's weird. There is no normal. Okay, so let me let me share an embarrassing story now. The one of the very first times my partner and I ever had sex, long before we were together, I was eighteen. Um, I and I was really sort of embarrassingly into him, and I would like sprint to his place, and we start having sex, and when things go in places, air gets trapped, and if you pull out of said places really quickly, and I don't know why I'm being so prudish about it. this, this is a fetish podcast, I was on my front getting fucked, and he pulled out quite quickly, and came to lean forward, and I just, I c- couldn't help it, this like massive fart just ripped basically in his face. And I was so insecure was I at the time that I (laughs) was mortified. I just froze for a second and I could feel him freeze. And then he just pretended like nothing had happened and and, and moved on. And I thought, okay, okay, we're doing that. We're just pretending that 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 didn't happen. Um, And then we finished whatever. And we go to bed. And uh, I I put my arms around him, and lights are off. He just lifts up his leg and lets out this massive fart on me, and I loved it. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just it just broke the ice so much. This like idea that sex shouldn't be silly even in vanilla sex, is so fucking stupid. And now I love farts as a kink, so, well, there you go. Thank you for joining me today in this one-sided conversation. I'd like to end by starting a tradition. Here at The Big Top, I always want to promote something or someone, whether that's someone in the community doing incredible work or someone who hasn't received much recognition despite trying hard at something cool, something I'm reading, a positive attitude, anything. Just something to uplift our community and end on a high note. Today, I want to shout out Pup Diesel, who has organized something incredibly cool. He's undertaken giveaways on Instagram for custom Mr. S pup hoods, and I just thought that was a really cool idea. He's really brought a lot of the pup community together to make this happen and have the production and shipping paid for for some new pups who uh, maybe don't have the means to afford a a custom Mr. S pup hood. So um, those things are expensive. Like, I... I want one. Um, you can find him at Diesel is my pup name, all one word, lowercase on Instagram. Go check him out. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as the Muckle Stoter. That's at T Stoter on Twitter and at T Stoter on Twitter and at the underscore Muckle underscore Stoter on Instagram. Join me in the next episode where I will introduce my first illustrious guest. Well, I've been your host, and now I'm tired. Goodbye.
Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly.